0: This episode is brought to you by Lightstream, the nation's premier online consumer lender. Lightstream offers low-interest fixed-rate loans from $5,000 to $100,000 for practically any purpose. It's also brought to you by our newest Patreon members, Emma Hare, Colleen Cuyo, and Emily Douglas. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I couldn't do this without you. I am so grateful to all of you for making this show a possibility.
1: The Queer Family Podcast love is love on the queer family
0: podcast love is love is love on the queer family podcast love is love is love on the queer family podcast love is love hey z hi hi o m g i am so excited to have z here to help me introduce the interview that is coming up and if you don't know who z is you've been living under a rock because z is uh-huh. Was two episodes. The story was so involved that I had to break it up into two episodes last season. Season 10. And Z talks about how all of Z's children came to them. There are how many
1: children, Z? Four altogether. Four children. Foster to adopt. Foster to adopt and then adopted. Ex-wife carried twins. and And then reciprocal IVF where I carried the youngest, but the three boys are 100% biological siblings.
0: And that's only the first, that's the first episode. And then we had to break it into the second episode because Z also had this like breakthrough moment happen when Z gave birth or through pregnancy, which resulted in what Z
1: Um, incredibly intense spiritual awakening. So yeah. where I started to connect with my spirit guides and um, mediumship abilities started showing up, and I started being able to just channel energy and and spirit around me.
0: Yeah, so, and and, was, and, they, and they talk to you. It's um, right. I'm
1: Claire Audience. Claire so.
0: Audience. If you haven't listened to those episodes, go back and listen. I'm, but I'm so happy to have you back, Z, because you're really okay. one of my favorite people that we've talked to. I just absolutely adore you. And I want you to be famous and I want you to have a TV show. <laughs> like, I want you to be like, what's that lady? T- Teresa Caputo, but your own, sh- but oh, your, yeah. the Z version, which will be better. Right. right, right. right? <laughs> and like, go heal the world. <laughs> like, oh, that's very sweet. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. So
1: but what's going on with you, Z? Just out there healing, trying my best to help heal and help. People learn to heal themselves, so we can get out there and make this world much better. I love so. it. Yeah,
0: you do. Um, you do healing sessions and you do tarot card readings, and we keep trying to book something together. But we're parents, and it's hard to coordinate. But do you remember during the episode when my grandma was trying to come through and say something to
1: you? Yes, and it was very intense, and it was. It followed me around like the entire day, and I had to kind of say, like, back up. Oh you my know? god, That's what I used to do. wow good well we're
0: gonna get it together and we're gonna i'm gonna learn what my grandmother had to say (laughs) because i'd like to know um but it was it was really fun interview and so i'm so happy to have you back to help me with new intros and introduce other guests um and just just a heads up if all of you out there i do have a new shoot the shit segment that i'm doing for patreoners where you, I'm gonna do a live stream every Thursday, around three thirty or four. Haven't decided yet, and you get to come in. You get to ask me questions about that week's episode or any questions you have from me. If you have questions for me, I'm like an open book for you. So, join me and join Patreon, um, so that you can join me in that shoot the shit segment. And let's 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 get to this interview. See, let's let's talk about who's coming in. Awesome. Okay, so Don, she writes like a whole series of books titled Shit No One Tells You. So it's like Shit No One Tells You About Having a Baby. The one we're talking about in this interview is Shit No One Tells You About Divorce, which Z, you have some experience with.
1: Yep.
0: You have been through divorce.
1: Yes, Yeah, with a ton of kids, which makes, you know, separation a lot more interesting, right? Because custody and what's fair and what isn't fair and, you know. You can get real heteronormative sometimes with this kind of stuff, right? So if you present differently, that's oh. a whole other thing. So, you imagine. know, that kind of stuff is not stuff that you really process when you're in the throes of like deep love and affection, right? And yeah. getting ready to have babies. So it gets really interesting. Well, and you it know- depends, right? Like how healed are people? How Ooh. willing are they to work together? Ooh. How prioritized are the children? So Ooh. yeah, yeah. It's a unique it, experience, and everyone sure manages is. things very differently based on their
0: it stuff. It sure is. And you know what? Um, Teek, Teek Milan is a person who comes on a lot um, to talk to us, and he recently went through a divorce as well. And he said, one of my favorite phrases, he said, the person you marry is not the person you divorce. That is one hundred percent correct, which is very true. And it's interesting with Dawn's story because Dawn, the topic of privilege, comes up a bit in this episode because Dawn and and her ex wife worked really hard to create a really great life with many homes, and they 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 had some privilege going into this divorce, and it really helped them because they had the, they could each have their own setups. And I know it hasn't been that easy for you. No,
1: it's been very difficult actually. Yeah, because my ex. Um, wasn't working during COVID and, you know, managing four infants and toddlers at this time, because we were also foster parents who Mm -hmm. had an infant with special needs in our care. So it just cost wise didn't make sense to put four kids in daycare. It was like a salary for what, right? So um, things sort of shifted for us. Yeah. Like we're her working from home. So when COVID happened, I was out of the home but also still paying for two households cuz like how could I not take care of my children. Right. Yeah. So, it's financially for us like it was really difficult for me, right? right? Yeah. And um, my circumstances changed a bit after that. Mm. Yeah, it's
0: it's real. It's complicated
1: and divorce and,
0: and divorce. I do. And this is a big reason why I was really excited to bring Dawn in, because I think it's something we need to talk about more, especially in the queer community. We don't talk about divorce as much because we're all so very excited that we get to get married and we don't want to have divorce, right. um, you know, dirtying that that beauty of what that is. But it's it's true and people get divorced. And so we got to talk about it. So um, it's a really fun conversation. Dawn is also a gay mom of two kids. Um, They're co-parenting pretty well together. And now she's out in the dating world again. And we talk a bit about that, which is like a whole other thing, like dating nowadays. Are you dating, Z? Do you date?
1: Oh, um, yeah, actually. uh, Interestingly, I do date quite a bit. I've been in partnership with someone about two and a half years now. Um, But I'm also, you know, ethically non-monogamous or polyamorous, whatever Uh people uh want to call it. So there's a little bit of that. And so... It's interesting. Dating's interesting now. I can't imagine After twelve years of marriage and commitment. <laughs>
0: like I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't know where to begin. I, right. I'm so. I would be so afraid of this. But um, you know what? Another cool thing that happens in this episode, and then we're gonna roll the tape. They ended up getting to know who the donor was, and then getting wow. to know the donor, and are friends with the donor now of their children. That's beautiful. Yes, that was like a whole. It's a wonderful. This this episode is great. Dawn is wonderful. I'm really excited for everybody to hear. And I'm so happy that you were here to help me introduce it, Z. And um, yeah. tell, wait, Z, tell everybody where they can find you.
1: You can find me on Insta at Soul Mama Magic with a K at the end. And if you check on there, there's a link to my link tree where you can find me and you can check where I'm at, any events. Um, and you can also message me privately there to, you know, check in about Check it in. <laughs> I love
0: it. Yeah, and also we're gonna get you a TikTok so you can like do healings on TikTok and stuff. It's uh, my oh, new we're into that too. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna tell um, my make my make believe assistants Helen and Beulah to please roll that tape. Roll that tape, Helen and Beulah. Roll that tape. Thank you so much. <laughs> love is love is love on
1: the queer family
0: podcast. Love is love. Wait, Helen. Stop. Before you roll that tape, I need to mention one thing. I have to mention Patreon. If you all like this show and you want to keep hearing these super important LGBTQIA plus family stories, you can help. You can join my Patreon community. I've got various tiers on the page, starting at just two bucks a month. You're going to do a good thing, and you're going to get bonus content, like videos of most episodes dropped a day early, crazy behind-the-scenes shenanigans of yours truly, trying to get it together, <laughs> and anything else I can think of to keep you all entertained and engaged. You're just going to head to patreon.com slash thequeerfamilypodcast to join. And a huge, 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 huge thank you to all you Patreons who are already supporting this show. It means the world to me. I could couldn't do it without you. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. Helen and Beulah, please roll that tape. The Queer Family Podcast. Hi Dawn. Hi. It's very early for Dawn. Dawn is on California time. She got up at the crack of dawn.
2: <laughs> I did before the sun came up. It's not right. It's, it's not, not right. right. It's, it's not, not right. natural. <laughs>
0: It is not natural to get up that early, but I appreciate that you've gotten up to talk to me today, and I think our listeners are going to love to hear your story, and I'm excited to get into it, but before we get into it, well, actually, to get into it, let's do your 30-second elevator pitch. You have 30 seconds to tell us who you are and why you're here talking to us. And I'm going to put a timer up, but don't get scared. I won't cut you off. It's just No pressure. Make it... I'm
2: just setting a timer. No pressure. <laughs> it's just I love this a... <laughs> because it's like, you know, in Grey's Anatomy, it's always much more than 30 seconds. The amount of things that they do in yeah. elevators on these shows is always right. hilarious to me. All right.
0: <laughs> okay. Are you ready? On your mark. I'm ready. Get
2: set. Go. My name is Dawn and I am from Sacramento, California area. And I've been writing for, I don't know, fifteen, twenty years. And I have written, I don't know, six or seven books at this point. And One of my series of books is called The Shit No One Tells You, and I started writing that series after I had my first baby home for, oh my gosh, Marty, at 27 seconds. Okay, keep going. Keep going. Uh, You're you're killing it. So I just wanted to write a book about The Shit No One Tells You About Having Your First Kid, and that kind of just kept rolling along. And then now my most current book is The Shit No One Tells You About (laughs) Divorce. So that's where that story ended up. And that's and we're here now and it took Boom. me longer than 30 seconds. That was amazing. And so you went from
0: making baby to divorce. So clearly <laughs> 20 we
2: seconds. A, we
0: we have a lot to cover and we gonna, yes. we're going to we're going to focus a bit on divorce today because it's not something that's talked about in our community that often. Uh Maybe we need, to, we need to open that conversation up even more. But before we get into the divorce, let's talk yeah, let's about... Let's go back. <laughs> let's go back. Let's go back to the beginning. You are a gay mom. I am. I am a gay mom. All right. So take it back to when you, when you first decided, you know, I think I want to have kids with your partner, I suppose, or how you met. I don't
2: know. Take uh, it back. Take it back. Take it, take it back. back. Um, well, I was basically in the closet for like all of my 20s. Oh, and God, then, yeah, so fun, yeah, not <laughs> not the best idea I've ever had. So I kind of decided at age thirty, several things at age thirty that I was going to date women finally, and I was ready to have kids. <laughs> Which you know, let's just do all the things because it's thirty. Let's go, let's roll. And I started dating my ex, and she was the first woman that I dated. But mm-hmm. it was just time. Basically, the after our first date, I had an appointment with an adoption attorney okay. because I was like. I mean, not because of her. It was like the day (laughs) after our first date. I was getting ready to adopt by myself. It was sort of what I was wanting to do. Uh And um so we both wanted kids. The two of us made a lot of sense on paper, which is, you know, (laughs) the beginning of any great love story. And we, you know, we both wanted the same things and we were compatible in a lot of different ways. And so she kind of jumped on the baby train. And so we tried to adopt initially. And this was after, I think we were together for a year or two at this point. I don't know, you know, details. Did you
0: talk about babies on your first
2: date? Uh, I'm not sure that I did. I might have, you know, been smart enough to not say I'm going to adopt a baby tomorrow, (laughs) FYI. (laughs) Maybe second date for that. Um, You know, kept it close to the best. So we just... We wanted to, I wanted to adopt and um, we weren't getting picked. And so then we looked into foster to adopt, and that wasn't an option for a couple of reasons. And so then my uterus came on board as the third <laughs> option. <laughs> I just didn't really have any investment in procreating my DNA, or I was basically scared of being pregnant, I think was it. It wasn't yeah. some like deep thing, it was just, I really didn't want to push a child out of my body. And that, um, yeah, my ex has some medical issues that made my uterus the the better option. Mm. Yay! And <laughs> so we were off and running. And um, we did IUI for both kids. I have two: a boy and a girl, eleven and nine.
0: Did you use a, a sperm bank?
2: We did. Uh, it's in Berkeley. Mm-hmm. I think it's called the Sperm Bank of California, it, mm-hmm. which sounds really generic, but I think that's actually the name of it. Mm-hmm. Um that that was interesting you know you have to pick out your donor and we both went through all the donor you know profiles or whatever and I think we both picked like four or five and the same we both picked the same guy on both of our lists and he was our guy and um yeah we had some criteria I'm darker I'm Portuguese Mm -hmm. which gives me my color and my ex is Blonde, white. Uh, uh-huh. um, so she wanted someone. She was kind of looking for someone that sort of, kind of looked like her. Mm-hmm. We wanted someone over six feet tall because my people are very short. Mm-hmm. So we were hoping to give the boy a, a fighting chance. And other mm-hmm. than that, there weren't a lot of like requirements. Mm-hmm. He just came across as a really decent human, um, and we actually have a relationship with him now. And he is a very decent human. So um, oh wait, what? Have a relationship yeah. with him now. Wait, what? Okay, so he's he the same donor for both kids. Yes, yes. Okay. And um, we got pregnant on the first time both times. And anyway, so that um sperm bank has a like family registry, mm-hmm. so you can put your name on it. And if any other families that have kids from this guy can put their name on it, and you guys can meet up, but only two of us had our name on it. Hmm. Um, this other this single mom who is straight and lives um in New Mexico. Just twins with his stuff. And so (laughs) we connected, and then there is a site called Sibling Donor Registry.
0: Donor Sibling Registry.
2: Yeah. That. And she joined that,
0: Uh. and
2: she was on that, and she was like, You'll never guess who's on that website. And I was like, Who? And she's like, The donor came on. What? he had twins. So he had been he had donated during his own fertility struggles with his wife. And they ended up having twins who are a year older than my oldest. So I think they're I think they just turned 13. Huh. And his twins <laughs> at that point were gosh, probably five or something. And they were like, they wanted more siblings and they were like, We're not gonna have more siblings, but funny story. <laughs> Holy shit, that's amazing. <laughs> you might have, I don't know, 20 other siblings out there. So they 50, were, I think <laughs> let's see. <laughs> so he was curious from like a sibling standpoint for his kids. So he put his name on there and like kids, you know, his donor information, and he lives a couple hours away. Oh my god. Yeah. So I was like. I was emailing with him for a while and he's just exactly how he was on his little profile, like so full of information and so open and just, he's a really smart, kind, intelligent man. And so we, we met up with him. This is one time, I remember because he came over here and Daniel, was, my, my son was potty training. And during potty mm-hmm. training, we just have the toilet in the middle yeah. of the living room. Yeah, like, of course you do. <laughs> like, yes, you know, They gotta go. They gotta go. But <laughs> well, what's so awesome about that is like a stranger's coming over to my house, and, I, and even then, I didn't think to move the toilet. <laughs> like that's just where the toilet is, like because you know I'd rather have him pooping in front of someone or <laughs> than like you know I guess just peeing in the middle of the living room. So right,
0: nobody wants that. Also, he's <laughs> not just like a stranger; he's like a like a special he, stranger. He's too. a <laughs> special
2: stranger. Come on in. Here's your son peeing <laughs> in the middle of the living room. So my ex and I met up with them, him and his wife. Or like lunch one time, and um, I think they, the wife especially, kind of wanted to make sure that like we weren't looking for you know a dad,
0: right? Yeah, she's
2: like, Am I gonna have 20 people showing up at my doorstep looking for college funds in right. you know 18 years? And so I won them, you know, they came over and they met the kids and um, they brought their kids, and that was well, Daniel was potty training, so he was two, and Daniel's nine now. So we've seen each other like once or twice a year since then. And then I keep in touch and wow. i doing it most for the access to him, but I'm also doing it for the access to the siblings. Mm-hmm. It's mostly just, you know, maybe the kids will be like cousins someday. And right. mm-hmm. that's a cool relationship for them to have.
0: Yeah, that's what a lot of donor kids that I've talked to say They're that their their siblings are kind of like cousins and. Other families who have been in contact with other donor families, same thing. It's kind of like close cousins.
2: I'm an only child. So the, the thought to me of like having 10 half siblings that I don't know about or 10, like that sounds amazing to me. Right. So I don't know. It was just a really cool opportunity and we took it.
0: That's awesome. Wow. It's funny because I've kind of just learned some info about our donor and it's like okay it's not good, or it's no good. It, it's good that i know kind of who he is now and did you it, use the sperm uh, bank mm-hmm. and i wasn't expecting to find that out so soon but so we're processing that that now and figuring out okay are we gonna reach out what are we gonna do so
2: that's a, yeah, a whole thing it's 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 an interesting conversation queer
1: family podcast love is love
0: All right, folks, just checking in to see how those New Year's resolutions are going for you. Mine, not so well, not so well, but it's still the beginning of the year. We still have time. And I'm also thinking that if you're listening to this show, one of your resolutions might be to start saving money or consolidating your debt to get ready to make a baby the LGBTQ way, because we know that's not cheap. Or maybe you're saving up for second parent adoption, or maybe you're getting ready to buy a home because you just found out you're having twins. Either way, I have a way to help you. I can help you pay off any credit card debt you have with a low fixed rate loan from Lightstream. If your resolution is to reduce your credit card debt, one way to get ahead is by consolidating that debt and paying a low fixed rate loan instead. Lightstream makes the process simple. A credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream can help you pay off your credit cards and lock in a low fixed interest rate. Rates start at 7.99% APR with autopay and excellent credit. Plus, the rate is fixed, so it will never go up over the life of the loan, which is really great. And you can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000, and there are absolutely no fees, which is also nice. So if you're saving for queer baby making or second parent adoption or whatever, Lightstream is here for you. And just for the Queer Family Podcast listeners, apply now to get a special interest rate discount and save even more. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash OCT. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash O-C-T. Disclaimer subject to credit approval. Rates range from 7.99% APR to 23.99% APR and include a 0.5% autopay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and condition apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash OCT for more information.
1: The Queer Family Podcast.
0: So you got your kids, you have a wonderful relationship with your donor. Everything seems golden and beautiful. And and then what happened? How'd you get to the, the book about divorce? Shit <laughs> no one scratch. tells you about divorce.
2: <laughs> um yeah, that's a that's a very long story. But we were together for 12 years and Like I said, I think we got together because it was time to do the Mm -hmm. things. And Mm -hmm. for me especially, I think I just kind of ignored some very clear things at the very beginning. That we we she's a very good person and we are really good partners. We're really good co-parents. We Mm -hmm. built this huge, amazing, beautiful life together that I'm not sure we would have been able to do with anybody else. We both have this like drive and focus. Mm -hmm. In 12 years, we had two babies. I think I wrote four or five books we bought five properties we built two careers like all this uh-huh. shit was just insane and the one thing we didn't do was really focus on our relationship
0: yeah and
2: it was just a really hard time overall because just add babies to any situation mm-hmm. right that mm-hmm. and you haven't found sleep for five years yeah so that in itself is just a cluster even just add it to just Normal stuff, but we were just constantly. I think looking back on it, all the stuff we were doing and building and accomplishing was kind of like covering up for the fact that we weren't super happy mm. in our relationship. The good thing is, we built all this amazing stuff together and now we are enjoying it separately. <laughs> we, <laughs> and not many people get divorced and have the financial means for each person to be, you know, okay. Like I said, we're really good co parents. We're, she's a good person. She's just not my person you know, there's Mm -hmm. a energy um, discrepancy. (laughs) Yeah, we have, I have an amazingly beautiful life now. And so much of that is what we built together, we just couldn't sustain it together. And we're both like super happy now. You know, she partnered up again, very quickly as happens. Um, But they're both great. So we have like three women raising these children. And Mm -hmm. I'm lucky because I know when they're with her, they're really safe and they're taken care of and they're loved and they're cherished. And we broke up during COVID. Um, I left during COVID. And so it was like June of 2020. So before that, I had been with them literally 24 hours a day Yeah, for, you know, since March or whatever. So I think, I think that's, it happens a lot with people with kids is you're, Mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't willing to leave because I couldn't imagine not being with my kids every day And then you realize that they're not in a happy home. We weren't happy. And like at a certain Mm. point, you need to be modeling happiness for them. That was a huge thing for both my ex and I. We had a comfort level and unhappiness because of what had been modeled to us,
1: you know? Mm. And I don't want that for
2: my kids. I want them to feel uncomfortable when things are not okay. I want them to be like, this feels itchy. I need to get out of here instead of like, oh, this feels normal.
0: Right. Yeah. You got divorced for the kids, basically.
2: Yeah. And you... And staying together for the kids is just stupid because it's mm-hmm. not doing them any favors. It was a long, I talked to a bunch of people that are divorced when I was, before I started writing the book, kind of trying to find a through line to our experience.
0: Yeah. I mean, I love your book. It's the shit no one tells you about divorce. It's it's hilarious. I mean, you have such a, a great um, voice when you write. It's it's awesome. I can just, it's, it's like, it's easy read and it's funny. Um, but you have a lot of Places in there where you're, where we can journal ourselves. Yes.
2: <laughs> my favorite chapter. So I would talk to these people and basically like, this was just like the hardest book I've ever written. Um, Most of my other books were just funny. Right. Like right. having babies, that's hard, but it's ultimately funny and it's based in like love. Right. This is kind of <laughs> hard to find the humor and a life exploding. So I was, I got the book deal and then, I was still only like a year out from this. And I knew I knew I needed to get my head in a better space because I was like, "Mm." because I know enough about books to know, first of all, they only they come out a year after you write them. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to be in a completely different headspace in a year. And I don't want to write this like temper tantrum that is in permanent ink about people that I have to do life with and raise Mm -hmm. children with. Mm-hmm. And my kids are going to read and I'm going to read and be like, oh, geez, that's not I was an angry awesome. <laughs>
0: woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's not cute. So I got into a lot of therapy. I'm like doubling up on therapy. Like, you got to get me healed quick. Like, we're in a timeline here. I got to write a book. I a book to write. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, like, she's like, okay. Um, but then I also talked to a ton of divorce people because my experience just wasn't dramatic. I, so many people have these dramatic divorces. He cheated, she cheated. Financial deceit, mental illness, all this stuff, and I'm like, I, we just fell out of love. Right, and it was like a I really left. amicable. Ending, yeah, I mean, right? towards the end it wasn't super amicable, but ultimately it was two people that weren't compatible. And
0: oh didn't- yeah, didn't you? Okay, so I'm I'm thinking back because we had actually I read this a week and a half ago, so it's not fresh in my mind anymore. <laughs> But, um, yeah, and things leave my mind too quickly. Because I yeah, no, it's gone. Yeah. Didn't you guys at first decide you were going to like keep the same bank account? Am oh, I, re- didn't yeah. you think it was going to be like this idyllic fairy tale of, a? Uh, we're going to do yeah, all this. We're going to well, keep the
2: same. We had all these properties together and rental properties. Right. And it was COVID. And so like everything was very intermingled still. I lived like 40, literally a 40 second drive away mm-hmm. and I was doing the kids every day. I was, uh doing homeschool, my job's a little more flexible. So I was doing homeschool and I was in this, in our house every day. She had like a key to my house. It was not, I mean, it was very lesbian, right? Like it yeah, was so lesbian, so lesbian, but so lesbian. it was also me trying to like slowly move away and mm-hmm. cause as least amount of destruction as I could. And ultimately that sort of backfired because she got into a relationship few months after I left, which is fine. Totally fine. I was not my best self because I can't imagine she told me and it wasn't jealousy. It was like, Oh, this is it. We're done. We can be done. And right. it was like, I was waiting. I knew like, I just wanted her to be okay. And <laughs> we had put all of our properties in a trust and everything. So we could keep ownership of her. Like it was all very copacetic and I blew it up. Cause I was just like, no, we need to be separate. I think it was just looking back on it. It was boundary setting. I yeah. was like, I cannot do this. I cannot be this intertwined with someone that I'm no longer with. Like, I don't want to care about what you spend money on. That's, right. you know, I right. walked into the house and she was doing some remodeling thing of the house. And I was like, what the, and it's like, that should not be my business because it shouldn't matter. be my money. Like right. who cares what you do to your house? But we were still intertwined financially. Mm-hmm. And I was still in this house every day teaching. And cleaning and cooking and like, what? And so I think I didn't know how, because I wasn't in the therapy yet, but I didn't know how to, to set my boundary and separate and cut everything without exploding it. And mm-hmm. so the way I did it was like, I filed for divorce. I said, we we're going to split up all the properties. And I basically broke every agreement that we had made to make this little perfect, mm. like this little package we had put together so thoughtfully and so deliberately over the last year Mm. I just blew it the fuck up and Mm. that's not fair you know and I couldn't articulate why I was doing it and it probably seemed like it was because I was jealous of her moving on but it wasn't it was like I'm free so anyway before I wrote the book I talked to all of these divorced people kind of try to get their stories and they talked to me for hours and it was awesome but I told them all I'm trying to get my head on straight so that I, I don't write a book with every chapter called Fuck You, You Fucking Fuck.
0: There and is a were, chapter,
2: though. There are. So, yes. So they were all like, <laughs> oh, but I would read that book. And yeah, I was right, like, exactly. I know, I can't write that book. And I could have written that book in the beginning, but I am now zenned out. I thought, <laughs> oh, there, there's got to be a place for that in the book, mm-hmm. you know, because you're trying so hard to be mature and you know, evolved and healthy and all this, but the good part of divorce is fuck you, you fucking fuck. Like, (laughs) and it can all be in the same day. evolves in fuck you evolves in fuck you. So I put these chapters in a book called fuck you, you fucking fuck. And they're like rage (laughs) journal chapters. And they're all about, those are my favorites. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. See? And I mean, it's funny now because I finished the book a year ago or so and now that seems so far removed from any part of me. You know but what I mean? But it's
0: real. And anybody who's gone through any kind of a breakup or, you know, like I'm going yeah. through, you know, I, I have gone through two uh, professional breakups in the past year and I could really relate to those chapters. Like I could yeah, relate I, to this book. Like I need a guide for how to get through my emotions over going through these breakups. that Well, and
2: acknowledging happened. that like, it's part of the process to have this rage and that's okay. And if you don't, it's probably going to sneak up and bite you in the ass later. Yeah. Um, How do you get through
0: it without it consuming you though? That's the, that's that's, the right. I think
2: that's where I failed at the beginning for me within my relationship. I went over the years completely numb. Like Mm. I just pushed every single thing down. And my, my ex operates at a, a kind of a higher frequency and, I counter people's energy. So like, and I absorb people's energy. So if someone's like super, like bouncing all over the place, I just kind of of bottom out Mm -hmm. so that I just don't absorb it or whatever. And that kind of became my MO of that relationship. I numbed everything. I stopped articulating any sort of emotion or problem. Mm -hmm. It just, I was this hollow person, which was probably super fun to be with.
0: So what is the shit no one tells you about divorce?
2: Oh, I mean so much. I think I wrote the book. I say in my my intro on that at the very beginning, I have several friends that are divorced and they're kind of a couple years in, ahead of things for, mm-hmm. like they're they're on a different their road. But they've been going for a while. And I was spinning out and they could see I was spinning out. These people I've known since I was like, you know, 10. Mm-hmm. But a lot of what they were saying was like, You're gonna be okay. It's right. gonna be okay. And I knew my ex well enough, they knew me well enough, like. It's going to be okay. I promise you. And I was like, I know that. I, logically, my brain knows that. But what the fuck do I do in the meantime? <laughs> like, I'm going I, crazy. I know right. it's going to be okay. I'm very impatient. I want it to be okay next week. <laughs> so, the idea of this book was like, for the people in that meantime, after things blow up and before things settle into like your new normal and you're no longer in this heightened, sort of untethered space. Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest things is you have to allow yourself that time. And if you try to like shortcut your way through it, MacGyver, your parts back together, it's not going to work. You don't Mm -hmm. grab onto the first person you date and use them as a buoy and have them MacGyver you back together. I think it's human instinct to do what, you know, another person pops in and that person's going to feel, it's going to feel good to feel good, because you haven't felt good for a while. And that mm. euphoria of a new thing and you just sort of, especially if you're fresh out of a divorce or a split, you really want someone to like reinforce that you are awesome
1: and, and that your ex is yeah. not. Right. And
2: totally. So that euphoria of that, the newness of something is like, oh, this is great. I'm great. It was right. clearly all my ex. Let's go. Right. Yeah. And I did that with someone at the beginning.
0: Also the desire kind of to sort of keep things, like you're trying to change things and you're trying to change your life, but it is also a way of keeping things the same.
2: Yeah, you put someone else in that spot. Yeah, yeah. And then you completely ignore all all the realities of the past however many years and you don't really like process it. Mm
1: -hmm. So I
2: did that. I got into a relationship really quick and it it did not work. And um, they're never easy lessons. Mm -hmm. It's like, why do I have to keep learning these lessons so at hard. what point do I get it's to stop so learning lessons? I know,
0: but now, but now you're dating or you were, you're, you're on the apps. You were on the apps. Yes.
2: The apps, the apps, the apps, the apps. Oh, How's that? How's that going? It's, it's interesting. <laughs> I mean, to some extent it's super efficient, right? Mm-hmm. How, how long would it take me to date these hundred people that I chatted <laughs> with who I decided are not going to get a date? Like, right. Who was the time for all that? No. so. It's, um, it's super efficient. And I can now tell a lot about a person by the the photos they pick and what they write. It's been interesting. I didn't really date women in my twenties. So I, um, you're getting to do it now. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I had it. I've, I've had enough. It's fun. It was fun. I, I, I always is like, oh, I wish I would have dated more women. Now I did. And now I, um, would like to stop doing that. Not dating women in general, just dating is yeah. very exhausting.
0: I can't imagine. And the kids are all right. The kids handled it all fine.
2: Yeah, we, we both um, worked a lot. And we both work from home. We were for ourselves. So even from when we were together, from jump, we did a lot of tag teaming with the kids. Like I'd be with the kids and then she'd be at work and then we'd switch. And mm-hmm. we had a lot of like together time. But the kids were used to us being just one-on-one with them. Mm-hmm. And then towards the end, the last year or so, I would go stay and one of our properties for like two nights a week. And then she'd go stay for like a night or two. And it kind of just got them used to mm-hmm. the dynamics of like, not always being with both of us. And honestly, they, they know, like, we're so much happier. Mm. They're smart enough to know. They don't really remember now us being together, but they, they just, they ask questions about it. Right. Why, why aren't we together? That kind of thing. I think they're just mm-hmm. like, can we just all be in the same house? This is a pain in the ass mm-hmm. moving back and forth.
0: But, oh, that's what you say in the book to have two of everything for the kids.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's some people I know that like their kids have to like pack up to go right. from house to house. And you just don't want them to feel like they're visiting their own house. Right. You know, my kids have two homes. We move their iPads back and forth. Um, <laughs> I do a delivery every time I do a switch, and we switch more than normal people do. We do a two, two, three, which is um, a lot of switching. But wow. It's for us, it works. Mm -hmm. We'll probably do more time apart um, when they get older. Mm -hmm. But we like that we don't go that long without seeing them. Yeah. We're all so happy now. It's ridiculous. amazing.
0: Sometimes the split has to happen for... Yeah,
2: that's our story. We kind of always say that, like, this was our story. This is how our story goes. And um, we were supposed to come together and, like, build all this stuff and then not necessarily stay together to enjoy all of it. Mm. And. We went through not a great time right after we split, but a lot of that was us both needing to process the time that we were together and kind of get over that anger and the vitriol and the need to bring the past into every conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to always say, we got to start from today. Start from today. Like we can't, every conversation can't be like pulling past shit into and we can't do it. It's
0: hard not to pull that shit in. It's It's so so hard. hard.
2: And I was super like, obsessed with the story for a long time of like my version of the story and because she had a new partner her version of the story just became the reality for both of them and then thereby just the reality and so I'd be talking to her and I'm like we we have two different versions of reality and so I became obsessed with it and then I was yes. just like one of my friends is like that's what happens isn't it people have different versions of stories and I was like yeah
0: there's two sides there's two oh. sides to every story
2: yeah and so I had to let go of like this need for her to understand my side of the story. That's then, hard to do. Yes. It's a, it's a peace and a like just acceptance of like a to disagree. Yep. I mean, we have to do this thing together. We have to raise these children and we both adore these children and want to do right by them. And the only mm-hmm. way we can do that is if we're okay. It's only a couple years out, but I feel like we're in a good spot. That's good. See, there's, there's hope. There's hope. Yeah. And I, it, it, I don't know that that means anything to anybody when they're in the shit. It didn't mean anything no. to me when I was in it other than I could see a little glimmer. I just was like, I don't know if we're going to get there. And not everybody gets there.
0: No, it, not everybody yeah. co-parents well. No. But there are it, apps for that. There are apps to help you with
2: that. Yes, there are apps for that. And those are important. We almost use them a couple of times. I just couldn't get to the people would say a lot. It's a business relationship, turn it into a business relationship, treat it like a business relationship. And I'm like, Mm. it's not a business relationship. These children are the most important thing on the planet to me. They are not business. Like Mm. there has to be some emotion involved in it because this is important. Yeah. The biggest part is each of you has to do your own work. Yeah. And even if you never get to a good place with your ex, you have to get to your, a good place with yourself. Yeah. So that your ex doesn't have access to your nervous system anymore. Right. That's the big thing.
0: Yeah. Well, tell everyone where they can find you and um, where they can get this book and all the stuff and all your other books. I mean, all my other books. of books.
2: Um, I'm at DawnDais.com and my last name is D-A-I-S and everything's there.
0: Go get this book, especially you don't even need to be going through a divorce for the book. It's, <laughs> it's a fun read. Um, I enjoyed it. Although I am going through my own breakups of sorts. So it was a, it was a helpful book for me.
2: Just well, to Well, I also some have laughter. the um, shit no one tells you about pregnancy and the first yes. year with a baby and then baby number two and toddlers. So and then there's a book once for all of all us. That, then you'll get to divorce, and I'll be waiting there for you.
0: <laughs> it's all laid out for you.
2: Yeah, it's all. I got a whole. I got your whole life ready for you. Oh my I'm God, not it's sure amazing. what we're doing after that. But uh, maybe maybe then just my dating app excitement.
0: That's the next one. Shit, no one tells you about dating. Here we go. All <laughs> right. Rural. I just got you new, your next book for you. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for chatting. This has been great.
2: Thanks for having me. Queer Family Podcast.
0: Well, folks, I really hope you enjoyed that episode. I know I did. What a good story. But, but the conversation is not over, folks. Be sure you're following the show on all the socials. We're on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at the Queer Family Podcast. You're going to get photos of all the guests there, some videos, and just, you know, all around fun from yours truly. Who doesn't want that? Don't miss out. You don't want FOMO. Nobody wants FOMO. And don't forget to join me on Patreon to help me create this super important queer content. You're going to head to patreon.com slash thequeerfamilypodcast to sign up and get that bonus content. And one more thing, if you love this show and want to represent your love for us and our beautiful families, you need to head to our shop and get some Queer Family Podcast merchandise. We've got so many designs, and you can put these designs on any product in the store. We've got t-shirts, mugs, hoodies, notebooks, face masks, laptop cases. You're just going to go to tpublic.com and search for the Queer Family Podcast Or you can find the shop on our website at thequeerfamilypodcast.com. There's so many ways, so many ways. All right, folks, that's it for this week. Tune back in next week for another episode all about family, but with gay.